When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast Selection Sunday special here. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Uh, I'd like to defer my uh, hot take to the junior senator from Vermont. Nebraska just became part of the one-third of 1% that did not make the NCAA tournament winning 13 or more games in the conference. This is, this is ludicrous, and I demand a revolution. Husker fans, a revolution. This is terrible. One-third of 1%. Back to you, Honky. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Senator Sanders. I didn't know Senator Sanders was the junior senator from Vermont. Uh, that was news to me. I had to look that up. I thought he was from Delaware. i'm also with boomer well i just would like to uh say uh, mac was going to be here with us tonight but unfortunately he just didn't have enough uh, quadrant one podcasts to merit inclusion tonight so you're just stuck with us it's all about the quadrant one wins man and mac just didn't didn't have enough uh he didn't schedule up enough was his problem really and uh he was left out of the dance um (laughs) Well, we are talking on Selection Sunday here, and uh, I'll probably just hand it over to, to Honky and Boomer because uh, I think their uh, mistrust and disgust of the uh, Selection Committee will be evident. Uh, I personally didn't see too many surprises out there today. Nebraska was left off of the NCAA tournament. Um, maybe we'll talk a little bit about N- the NIT, which I think was a little bit of a surprise, um, and their seating was as, as low as it was. Uh, but I'll, I'll let a uh, honky take this uh, first. Your thoughts? Uh, I don't know exactly what the movie is. You guys know movies better than me. But there's one where the guy says, I, I knew it would be bad. I did not know it would be that bad. Not sure what the movie is, but it's a quote. And the point is, tonight, I knew it wasn't going to be great. I didn't think. I thought maybe we could get into a play-in game. That's kind of where I thought maybe we'd fall into. And there were some bracketologists that were saying as much. But the way the NIT went... To be a five seed, to be playing, making a re-trip or a repeat trip out to uh, Starkville, where we started our exhibition games back in. There'll in, be fans in the stand this time, though. Oh, be great, awesome, same teams, you know, and and you know, again, you look at Mississippi State's uh, non-conference; they might as well have counted the exhibition that was as good as they played, other than Cincy. But you know, whatever. I guess we there is zero respect for Nebraska basketball out there. This was as bad as I think it could have been predicted. I don't think a lot of people realistically would have been predicting that we were going to be a five seed in the NIT. They might have said we're not making the NCAA, but this is this is pretty pretty rough treatment. I, I think. I think you're referencing uh, PCU. Correct. Uh, That's where it. Where he's yes. uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, that was yeah yeah. That was it's a great me. line. Uh, I'm sure uh, Boomer can get a GIF. Uh, GIF, however you like to say that online, ASAP on that one. Uh, Boomer, fire away. What was your thoughts? 
No, pretty similar. I, I didn't expect us to make the NCAA. I mean, you'd been hearing rumors here and there on the internet that everyone, you know, knew a guy who knew somebody who thought they knew someone who said we have a chance to get in, that kind of stuff. Didn't put a lot of stock in that. Uh, yeah, the you know, some of the teams that get in, you always question some of those last few that make it in, like Syracuse and whatnot, and how they weasel their way into these things every year. I, maybe we should just spring to get Miles' name changed to a, a similar coach, you know, change it to Bayheim or something, and then we'll get in guaranteed every year. I don't know what it is. But the NIT seeding is the one that really kind of stuck in the craw, I guess, just being a five seed there because we were th- discussing this before we started the podcast that – you know, given, you know, 32 teams in there, there's 12 auto bids. So if you're looking at a five seed in the NIT, you're one of the last few teams to get into the NIT. Yeah, so I, let's uh, clarify I mean, that for yeah. the listeners. Uh, NIT has 32 teams. NIT is very different than it was even just, I don't know, a handful of years ago. The NCAA now runs the NIT. I used to be independent. Um, and they truly do try to just select the teams, uh, not making the NCAA tournament. They have 12 automatic qualifiers. Those are regular season conference uh, champions that did not win their conference tournament and also were not selected as an at-large in the NCAA. So these are the lower-level conferences. You had a great year, but you lost in your tournament. You didn't make the NCAA. You get to go to the NIT. It's a whole you know different scenario. So there's only 20 at-larges in the NIT. And to Boomer's point, as the five-seed, uh, we're right on the on the cusp there. All five, or all four five seeds plus BYU as a six would have been the last five teams in uh, to the NIT. So that's how close it was for not even making the NIT, which is it. I admit that is quite surprising. I would say that I was thinking we were probably a three seed um, going going into today with that, and to get a five is. It's pretty rough. So hoping for at least one home game, and we did not get it. It feels no. to me also it's not just a, it's not a slap in the face just to Nebraska. I think it's a slap in the face to the Big Ten, and as a conference, that it's such a lack of respect for what they they accomplished. Or maybe I'll take it the other way. It's an over amount of of uh, respect being given specifically to Big Twelve and SEC schools to get the full eight. And I I'll just mention I mean the what I would consider to be the last two big or SEC schools to get in. Uh, Mizzou and Bama, holy smokes! What about what a load of garbage for Bama to be nineteen and fifteen for Bama to have a home loss to UCF, which of course for us was a horrible loss to have, but they lost at home to UCF. They lost to Minnesota, who we swept. Um, for Mizzou to get in, they lost to Illinois. They lost to a bad Georgia team, basically at home in the SEC tournament in St. Louis. Nebraska gets destroyed for playing poorly uh, in New York against. Uh, Against Michigan, who goes on to win the whole thing. Named off a lot of losses there. You didn't name off any of their wins. Well, you know, yeah, they had some wins. They also had some losses. And right now, everything is focused on, you know, St. Bonds. They lose to Niagara. Mississippi State. Look at the non-conference schedule Mississippi State played. It's horrendous. There's not a single Power 5 school that they've even... So but but the, but you base it off of, off of quad one win, wins, and when the SEC is... When everyone ends up being in the quad one... Regardless of you know how they got there is a question, but everyone's in the quad one. So when they just keep playing each other over and over again, we talked about Vanderbilt and RPI and how they get a high RPI for heart, high strength of schedule. Then it just it's this repeating thing. They just play each other. I Mississippi State. I, literally I think we sound like a mid-major uh, com, you know conference uh, podcast and complaining about it because the Big Ten has 
taken advantage of this in years past. The Big Ten is normally has a lot of uh, high RPI teams. Uh, Boomer and I were just looking at the 2013-2014 Nebraska schedule, and we had, I think, 18 what would be quad one or quad two games that year, and we went eight and ten. Almost people, all of them in all of them in conference. So, people, so at some point, the Big Ten to, benefited from having I lots of good teams it. that year. I get it. What so, I'm saying is that that when you when you don't use common sense, when you simply look at just RPI, and when things that take things that make RPI go up or down, sometimes are not necessarily what's going on on the court. If Nebraska doesn't play Delaware State. If Nebraska simply, if it gets snowed out, if Nebraska chooses to play UNK instead of uh, Delaware State, a Division II game that doesn't count, Nebraska jumps up like 10 spots in the RPI. Now, I mean, you, you look at that. Is RPI important? Yes, it's one factor. It is a factor. But when you just look solely at the metrics like that, this is where you get guys like, uh, who is it, Dakow or D- Dan Dakich or whatever his name is, and mm-hmm. Tom, you know, Crean. You get some of the actual basketball people. That are sitting there going, okay, I, I get the metrics, but this is ridiculous. So, again, yeah, Nebraska, we were going to be a that, bubble team. We're a bubble team for a reason. It, everything that's on the bubble is on there for a reason. But the lack of respect to be the five seed in the NIT, I'm just – that part I am blown away by. I can't, I can't believe, like, it fell that far down. Yeah. Uh, well, it, you know, it, we can complain about those metrics, but I guess if the committee showed us anything, that's what they care about. They just care about those – Quad one wins. I mean, I know Rasmussen talked to, uh, you know. And two. Couple, I think the quad yeah, two yeah, quad wins one and two wins. Yeah, that's what matters. I mean, you can have bad losses as long as you have those wins. That seems to cancel it out. I mean, look at Oklahoma, for goodness sakes. They can, you know, pretty go, much. Go beat yeah. teams no matter what time of the year it is. Yeah, you November, just have to beat December about four or five of them and stockpile a couple of wins against some other teams and get to about 18, 19 wins. That's really all you need to do. That seems to be what they care about. So, you know, whatever Rasmussen told us about eye tests and looking at all that other stuff, well, whatever. Okay, just like, you know. I mean, the eye test thing to me, guys, I'll be honest with you. Anybody, I mean, if you're an SEC guy, you'll watch Alabama play and be like, I wa- first time I watched Alabama an entire game was yesterday against Kentucky. They lost by 20 points. To me, they passed the eye test. I was impressed with Alabama's talent. I'm like, dude, these guys can play. They are ballers. Um, first time I ever watched them play. I'd never seen Alabama play. I in mean, a game that they lost here by and twenty, that, and they looked good. I was like, "This is a, a talented team." Because, like, because we hear a lot about how deep the SEC and the Big Twelve are, and yet I'm seeing Kentucky for the fourth straight year win it. I'm seeing Kansas for the 14th straight year, or however many years it's been. You know, for as competitive and deep as those leagues are, it's amazing how you continue to recycle just the top Absolutely. team every single year. And you know, I just what I ended up seeing was a whole glut a lot of teams that were in that 13 to 15 loss range. That's And I'm talking through multiple conferences. And, again, it's not that I thought Nebraska had to get in. I'm not frustrated just that we didn't get in. I mean, we could have been a play-in team. There were bracketologists that had us in that area. But for us to be as far down to where we almost don't make the NIT, we I mean, Boomer, I think you broke that down well. We almost don't make the NIT with this team. I'm Dude, I, I don't care. That's just – it's wrong. A twenty-two and ten team, thirteen and five, one point away from beating, you know, the Kansas team that once again goes right through the Great Big Twelve. Give me a break. So, uh, Boomer, if there's lesson learned here, I mean, because we're gonna hopefully do this next year, where 
Nebraska's hopefully not in the bubble because we're clearly in, right? But let's even when we kick off the basketball season, look at the the schedule and think where are our uh, tournament building wins and and resume building opportunities. Uh, you know, we we did uh, announce this week that we'll have a early season tournament in Kansas City with Texas Tech and USC. I think Missouri State. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be an opportunity where we get some of those those early early wins that we don't have to have this conversation next year. No, that's exactly it. It's uh, the committee showed that this year. You just have to stockpile wins early, build up that goodwill, and then it seems you'd have to, you know, be under FBI investigation and actually being carted out the door to, <laughs> to not get in once you have that early goodwill for some of these teams. That seems to be the key. And then just for the rest of the Big Ten to just get better would be helpful because, again, if an conference year, respect just – Outweighs about everything else as well, too. It's so unusual to expect this happen Yeah, the Big again. Ten performs better non-conference, and we perform just slightly better non-conference. And just get to that 19-win yeah. area, and that seems to be the tickets. There's, and and, you know, we'll, yeah, it's not the 19-win area. That's what no, I, I that's, think. No, that's not if, it, if but you just kind of need to be somewhere here, around there. There's right? not, back in the day, 20 years ago, if you won 20 games, you were in. Right. If you're a Power 5 school and you won 20 games, you're in. If you had a certain amount of conference wins, you were in. Right. If you went 9-1 in your last 10, that would look really good because that's what, that was a big metric for them 20 years ago. The committee has changed their format. Uh, I think their transparency is increased. Their reliance on metrics is increased. Whether you like that or not, it is what it is. I do not like it. That's and that's understandable. I totally get it. But the, I mean, all those bracketologists—they missed one or two. I think Lenardi went sixty-six for sixty-eight again this year, right? I mean, they are usually pretty close. Um, and he got sixty-six <laughs> of sixty-eight. Good yeah, for him. You just really Good need to him. get to about yeah. You got to have about three to five RPI top fifty wins to you know feel yeah. good about Pe- it. People, that, that seems to be the key. I mean, people need to open up their eyes and start to like honestly use their head. We're playing at Mississippi State. A team that I get it. It was only an exhibition game, but we beat them in an exhibition game. Well, hockey. they go on. They go on in a non-conference to play Cincinnati and Dayton, and everything else is a directional southeast school, North Florida, South Georgia. They played Dayton and they played Cincinnati, Nebraska in non-conference. The things you can control. We schedule Kansas. We schedule Creighton. We schedule Boston College. We schedule St. John's. We're in a tournament where, yes, we lost to UCF, and that killed us because we ended up not getting to play. Mississippi State play in the SEC Big 12? No, they did not. They did not even play in that. They were one of the four teams that didn't. didn't. So my point is they literally played no one. And, yes, they didn't get into the uh, NCAA tournament of it. Somehow the SEC didn't get a ninth team. But then we get our rewards. We get to go down there and play in Starkville again. You know, you mentioned, Dave, and I'll try to be a little bit proactive or – or talking about next season, but you, you know, what are the things that we can do? I would take a, I, w- I can't believe this. Frame this, this quote here, uh, Skip. When you hear this, frame this and use this in future podcasts. I think we should learn something from the SEC here, who knows apparently how to schedule in football. They know how to get Mercer played in November. Well, you know what? That that great SEC Big Twelve challenge you guys talked about. It was done in January, and maybe that's a time that yep. we should be doing it. With the uh, with the ACC is is to move that back a little bit, not have everything so. Bu- I mean, we were doomed apparently in December by losing that. And on top of it, the other thing I mentioned Delaware State earlier, and this is where I, I will knock Nebraska. That we this is the part that killed us. Don't play Delaware State. Don't play Stetson. We just simply cannot schedule those teams anymore. It is better to play UNK and play a team that literally does not 
help or hurt your your um, your your RPI as opposed to even daring play a team that could be a 300 uh, team in your RPI because as we're, we're learning that stuff gets magnified big time you just can't afford to have it on your schedule yeah all right sounds good <laughs> um, all right so <laughs> NIT playing Mississippi State on Wednesday is that correct correct yes uh, eight o'clock central or so. That's my understanding. Yeah, I believe so. So on uh, the Deuce. Correct. So at least. All right. Yeah. So at least we're on that's, TV. That's so going to be some riveting, course, yeah. riveting TV there on Wednesday night. Uh, but uh, what I what what I was setting up for there is hockey. Nebraska has their chance to prove everyone wrong, right? I mean, you are in the mind that we are a far superior team than Mississippi State. They should go down there and blow the doors off of them, right? I mean, right? I mean, is that what you're predicting? I presume You that. know what? The, you know what the NIT is? The NIT is what a bowl game is to a team that was expecting something more and then they didn't get it. It's Kansas State 1998 losing to Texas A&M in a, in a championship game and then playing Purdue and losing again because they, they didn't even show up. I hope we show up. I hope we play really well. I hope we use the NIT to – to, to make a great run. I really do, but I have no idea because I don't know the mindset of a team that, you know, it. you can come back and hopefully this is a, it's a tough-minded team and Miles has them ready and, the, and they go. That's all I can say. I, I, don't, I don't buy into some of the NIT leads to something else stuff because we've won the NIT before. It didn't necessarily lead to something. And we've and, – and, you know, we – It's a better tournament now than back then, I would say. I think it's, it's deeper. It's actually probably more – you know, balanced, et cetera. I mean, I think there's uh, it's, it's better organized and run. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, back in the day, Danny Knee could uh, you know use his New York connections to to get uh, three home games yeah. and, and whatnot, and that's not quite the, how it works any longer. Well, and, so. and to your to your point, Dave, it is an opportunity. I mean, I you know I've been harping on the SEC, so of course now we'll get to go down there and play them, and and you know I, I absolutely I hope we play an outstanding game. I hope our guys are extremely motivated. They're not going to be at PBA again, is that correct? They're they won't have a. Well, it's possible. Uh, yeah, if, if Wagner can upset Baylor, so. Yeah, if Wagner would upset Baylor, then we would uh, play Wagner, uh, five points if you know their mascot, um, at PBA. But if not, we'd be playing Baylor in Waco probably over the weekend. I would guess. Early next yeah, week. Yeah, I would think so. Sixteenth to the nineteenth would be that round. Yeah. And yeah. Baylor's the Bears. Oh, you're getting no points for that whatsoever. So. Seahawks, aren't they? So. The Wagner Seahawks. Yep. Okay, that sounds legit. I'll buy it, sure. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, anything else on, on basketball? Any bold predictions for the NCAA tournament that Nebraska's not in? Uh, yeah. Probably someone we hate wins, just like every year. Just the pain I continues. Think it's, uh, yeah. I think it's a really wide open field this year. Uh, I think uh, the top teams are actually pretty darn good, and so I expect a, a high percentage of kind of one through four seeds uh, advancing uh, deep in the tournament. Um, I think Villanova and Virginia, in particular, are, are high quality teams. Are the best iterations of themselves, if that makes any sense. Even the Villanova team from two years ago, this Villanova team team might be better actually at what they do i think the, this virginia team is definitely better than any virginia team that uh tony bennett has had 
just from an offensive perspective. They play that great pack line defense, but they can actually score uh, at a little better rate than in past years. I like Virginia a, a lot. I hate to say that because uh, Carolina did lose to him last night in the ACC tournament, but um, they're, they're a good team. And Omaha did get a pretty good draw of teams uh, Ooh, potentially coming Boomer, there. I don't yeah. even know. Yeah, let me pull that back up Kansas, here. Yeah, they have, what, Kansas, Duke, Kansas, Michigan, Duke, Michigan State. State so yeah. there's some good potential for some quality teams to come through Omaha. So any of our regional listeners right. that have thousands of thousands of dollars to shell out could probably see some good basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, at the, that regional final level, you're going to get some good teams. Uh, Duke, Kansas, obviously, would be a, a humdinger. I'll predict uh, North Carolina won't take any classes for the two weeks that they're in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Of course not. Where are your priorities at? Geez, honky. Extended spring break. That's right. That's right. Well, they might be taking classes, but they may not actually be filling out the actual paperwork themselves. I mean, which is on. not different than the rest of the year. So you're right. We shouldn't. Right. We shouldn't highlight that. So. Yeah, we shouldn't laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just. I'm. Uh, I'm bummed. Just a little bitter. Yeah, I'm, just, that's I'm okay. a little. I'm a little bitter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just just hoping for a lot of upsets and. Horrible things to happen to teams. So, Shadden fandom is what I call it. Just wishing for misery to other fan bases. So. <laughs> Here's my wild and wacky prediction: Oklahoma goes six and zero and wins the whole thing. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Why not? That only makes sense. They have. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. They have yeah. one. The boys here game: yeah. Oklahoma versus Alabama. Oh, my God! Don't do it, please. <laughs> if we have Oklahoma, Bama. I give up. There's like three SEC schools make the final oh, four. I, oh, I'm quitting the podcast. I can't. <laughs> I can't gut it out if the SEC actually does well. <laughs> Scarlet colored glasses. And next on the Go Big Redcast is Scarlet Colored Glasses. All things Husker football. Putting on those glasses and talking a little Go Big Red. Uh, hockey, uh, you know, we're uh, kind of in that lull between recruiting and uh, spring practice just a few weeks away, but uh, they're still trying to, you know, have us uh, get some Husker news out there. Frost has had a few good articles learning about the weight and conditioning program, et cetera. Uh, what are you, what are you uh, thinking right now? Yeah, in the last week, uh, I guess a big update for, for the football side of things is Frost did his Wednesday night interview with uh, Sports Nightly. So he was asked a number of those questions, Dave, about uh, uh, talked a little bit more about the offseason workouts, uh, brought up the, the biggest loser uh, as an example, saying there's some before and after photos that you could look at of some of the linemen and some of the players that uh, you're seeing those differences in, the, in the, the, the weight loss. And at the same time, we have an article this morning where Ben Stilley was on it, and he's up to 280. So it was something we talked about a couple of shows ago where um, – you know, we talk about flipping the roster, and that's not always with just flipping the roster with new players. Existing players can help flip it by losing and gaining and doing all that, and you're seeing that. So I think they've had a really successful uh, seven weeks here of, of lifting, and, and next Friday they'll start with the first uh, practice of spring uh, spring ball. So that's next Friday, and then like, then there'll be the week off for spring practice or, or uh, spring so break. Ben Stilley, for example, is actually moving positions too, right? So it's another way to flip a roster is – Maybe uh, some familiar faces in, in different spots or uh, spots they had left and are coming back. To. At 6'5", 280 pounds, he will be a defensive end hand on the ground. And 
boy, there is something. If he's got a motor going, that it starts to kind of conjure up those old thoughts of the the Grant Wistrom style of player, the you know Tomich a little bit, the the Kelseys, that kind of you know taller, you know two sixty yeah, or two eighty sure. kind of guy. And it will be interesting to see what he what he does. He's definitely got a motor. We saw that last year just in his his limited time. Um, but another part that he talked about too was the Unity Council, and obviously mm-hmm. that was something that Nebraska football had back in the back in the nineties. Actually, had it also under uh, Pelini, and he mentioned that they're not going to do it in year one. Uh, they didn't do it in year one at, at UCF either. They waited till year two because that first year really is about getting the culture turned, and they don't feel comfortable handing that over to anybody in year one. They want to make sure that yeah, they it's have, hard to expect. Sure. Mm-hmm. They want to make sure they definitely have those leaders and everything in place and everything is working the right way before they kind of hand it over. But speaking of how, you know, Unity Council was under um, Pelini, um, Frost seemed, he kind of seems to give some credit or there's just certain comments and certain statements where he's he's going back to the Pelini era kind of saying that they were on the right path or they were just a game or two away at times. It's kind of interesting to hear that obviously they, there's connections that he has with them uh Oh, back in December, there was a photo of him and Davison with Ron Brown, who was, of course, on Pelini's staff. So I think there's some connections there. And, of course, Coach Osborne hired Pelini. But, but Pelini in general, I, it's kind of interesting now that it's like come full circle that he was doing some things pretty well. Uh, we won a lot of games, but we just couldn't get over that hump. And, of course, Frost has bits and pieces of, of Pelini in him, but not maybe a little bit more refined, as I think is a nice way of saying it, right? <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in general, so, just a good a good interview there. It was it's what the fans wanted to hear. You know, they we we got to there were some questions that got to be asked of him from the from the fan base, and so it was kind of a good chance for him to get in front of Husker Nation. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how much we see of or hear from Scott Frost here in the coming months, uh, over the summer, et cetera. How much is he out in the public uh, with those type of you know uh, golf tournaments and other booster type events, mm-hmm. um, or uh, you know is he all business? Um, so it should be interesting to watch. All right, uh, other football stuff. Anything else? Spring. So spring practice starts on which what day? March twenty. It will be the. It's a. It's this Friday, and it's just for one day, and then they're off for a week okay. for spring break. And, okay. And so that first practice, I was kind of mentioning it, I think, on the last Redcast. I really see that being a kind of an indoctrination practice. Like, we're going to we're gonna get you in here. We're going we're gonna to go full speed. You're going to see what a practice is like. And then, you know, see ya. Have a good time on spring break. Don't go off and gain 10 pounds and come back because yeah. this is what it's going to be I like. I think they, they already probably know considering the condition. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's definitely an orientation practice to say. Yeah, I'm guessing. I'm certainly guessing you're right. And one of the things that also happens, excuse me, anytime that we get to like spring break or fall break or spring practice or fall practice is once they start doing a couple of of, uh, press conferences, some news usually comes out, news that we don't know right now. There might be a guy who's already transferred that we don't know, or there might be, you know, there's just things like that, or there's an injury or somebody coming back. So, We'll find out, I'm sure, some stuff over the next week or two about some of the roster that we, we don't know about right now. But um, in general, we'll do that first practice here on, on Friday, and then they'll come back and practice for, what, like three or so weeks in a row, three to four weeks in a row, and then you have the spring game on the, uh, was it the 21st, I think, of April? That sounds right. Yep. Yep. 
That's correct. Frost also just a couple other, I guess, bullet points from his from his chat. He talked about the the tackling and that he said, you know, when he's really a stickler on tackling, he loves coaching tackling, which is music to our ears. We talked about this in the past with some practices where, you know, you can do rugby style or you could do whatever, but if you're not bringing guys down or if you're not practicing tackling, it's hard to get great at something that you don't really practice. And so he's really mentioned a focus on that. And he said he wasn't a good tackler in the, in the pros until his last couple of years, gave a lot of credit to Tampa Bay. And I think it was Raheem Morris that, uh, you know, that's what really made him appreciate it. And now he, he has that appreciation and loves to, to coach it. So hopefully we're a good tackling team. And, uh, Oh, what was the other one that, Oh, also on the, the recruiting side of things talked about that, uh, he, probably won't be bringing kids in for like spring practices he's gonna he wants to save some of those visits uh for games he's really big on getting people here for games lincoln nebraska special place on saturdays yeah amen to that yeah it's interesting it's always it's good to get kids in early but i understand what his his thought process is there so um let's uh presume he knows what he's doing and and uh, go from there Around the Van Horn. All right, let's uh, let's switch gears. A little more seasonal. Uh, Husker baseball. Let's go around the Van Horn. Nebraska open up uh, the homestand versus Cal Poly on Thursday, and it uh, looks like they had a, a win in their back pocket. I think they're up eight uh, four. Honky, you actually saw a little bit of the game, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it looked looked like they were in good shape, and then the bullpen just blew up, and they lost their first home opener since, like, 1977 or some amazing stat like that. Um, but they did bounce back. Uh, Luis Alvarado had a very good outing on Friday, winning 4 nothing against Cal Poly. And then in a doubleheader on Saturday, the offense just completely broke loose, uh, dropping 36 runs, 22-3 in the first game, 13-2 in the second. Cal Poly's not great, so let's not get too excited, but um, let's hope that the offense continues as we go forward. Um, Honky, I guess you were the first one of us to actually see a, a live baseball game a little bit. Uh, what'd you see? Um, well, yeah, I, I went down there on Thursday, and I was just in the area kind of right around fourth inning, so I kind of walked up to the fence and literally just walked, watched like two or three innings kind of from, from the fence. And at that time, uh, we were in the lead, and we had a couple of runs come in. Uh, Apparently, I, I think we would have won the game if it wasn't for a 10-0 <laughs> run that they had on us. Is that was that the final? Yeah, something, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's um, what happened. Yeah. But Dave, I think you were actually mentioning BTN. Is it BTN Plus is going to be showing a whole lot of the games this year? So even if you can't get to the fence like yeah. I did, or <laughs> so I am a. Uh, <laughs> I got a baseball fan in the sense that I am willing to pay a little extra to uh, to check out uh, Husker baseball. And in the past years, I've paid I think it's nine ninety five a month, uh, kind of this March April May time frame uh, to get some extra um, baseball. It's not on the regular BTN channel at all times, but um, it, and it's been been hit and miss. But this year, I was looking at it and uh, Nebraska's. Is, this homestanding here, Cal Poly was televised during the Colorado. Lots of uh, Big Ten home games were televised. So majority of home games are on BTN this year. I'm um, not saying they're going to be – might be some student um, broadcasting students doing this. Some, so give them a little bit of a break. But uh, if you want to watch Nebraska baseball this year, you do have the opportunity to do so. A lot of games on BTN+. Plus. 
I know I'll be doing that. So it's 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 worth the uh, the, the ten bucks a month if you actually want to follow. And what uh, what uh, cut of this does is Delaney sending you now, Dave? Is that uh, yeah? Uh, I mean, the key there is just think that you're actually just donating back to Nebraska because I'm sure go. we get one fourteenth of that ten dollars a month, right? <laughs> so uh, about eighty cents or so goes back to Nebraska, hmm. uh, you know, margins and whatnot. But yeah, exactly. Just think of it a donation. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, thank you for just twenty six cents a day. You can help the Big Ten. <laughs> You're gonna share. Jim Delaney gets a square meal every day. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, well, anyway. So, so actually, uh, what's our record? Then are we nine and six now? Does that sound right? I think we we're six and five going into last week. Yes, we're nine and six yes. right now. That's okay, correct. Nine and six. Uh, we have Northern Colorado. Uh, two games on Tuesday, Wednesday. That's usually how we usually open up the season. That's why we usually always win our first game is we usually mm-hmm. start with Northern Colorado. Uh, and then this weekend we have Northwestern State uh, coming up for a three-game homestand. And then we go on the road to Oral Robert, Roberts. I think Boomer mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. And then we open up uh, the Big Ten with Minnesota at home. So, so Yeah, the weather looks good this week, so yeah – good chance to get out and watch yeah. some baseball it's not like you'll be watching the ncaa tournament or anything so that's... <laughs> you, well and you guys know a lot of times the rpi and kind of keep up with some of that in terms of where we're at at this point in the season it's still very early but compare this to maybe the last three or four erstad seasons obviously record wise we are in much better shape through 15 games than what we've been some of the past years so just in general i mean what's kind of your how would you give a synopsis of these first th- couple of weeks versus some previous years are we ahead of the the, the game are we i believe we're uh 84 in the rp right we're 84 right now yeah not good but at this point of the year whatever um quadrant one wins i think we're one and four we only got one win there wichita state okay um so you really got to hope wichita state uh ends up being a real deal this year and, and because if they slide back uh we're not gonna have anything there um, so I think that's a that's a big if right now. So that's someone so that's to keep that. an eye on is Wichita State. Keep watching. Them yeah, you want them to win. Yeah, yeah. You want them to keep yep. chugging along. Yeah, yeah. They're currently uh, twelve and two, so they're so far working. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, besides that, Big Ten wise, as we've mentioned before, they they're looking all right. Uh, Minnesota's actually now eleven and six, so they're they've slipped in RPI wise. Creighton's thirty three in RPI. Yeah. Off to a good start. Um, Iowa's all right. Indiana's very good. Illinois is okay. So long ways to go. I think we'll have a better sense. I usually don't even look at baseball RPI until about April first, anyway. So oh yeah. Um, uh, I would say, I don't know, yeah, somewhere around April first, which would already put us two series into the Big Ten. You'd have a better sense of what that RPI really means. So I I, I don't think we're too far off of where we have in the past um we just um yeah it's going to be really important to have wichita state end up being decent this year mm-hmm. yep all right all right um all right anything else guys baseball volleyball 
beach volleyball, bowling. Well, they haven't they haven't selected the bowling uh, brackets yet, so we'll have to have to wait on that. <laughs> and we are in beach volleyball season. I think they just beat like Missouri Baptist or Missouri State or something at uh, at home. So, yay right. there! Home That's game. Good. Home match beach. Interesting. <laughs> it was indoor. That's the depth of the red cast right there, guys. Yeah. You weren't hanging so around watching that. You had that, to go watch you? that as well. Yeah, he's well, yeah. He's not allowed there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, that's that's enough of that. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, I got a feeling hockey's got to have a, a good parting shot. So, Hawk, take her away. Uh, no, I was I was talking with Boomer over the break, and I, he got contacted by our uh, compliance officer. Apparently, I have to give a disclaimer, that was not actually Bernie Sanders at the beginning of the show. That was just me doing an imitation of him. So, um, oh, so real. No, well, and you just don't want to have – we don't want to have any issues or, you know, where they're coming back and, 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 you know, just going after us for that. So, no, that was actually me. But uh, Especially since uh, the kata mounts are also in NIT. So <laughs> Great. We're probably gonna have to play there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernie will show up. And... <laughs> Wonderful. All right, Boomer, what do you got? Well, I'm just really hoping the the metrics for this week's show really pan out because I don't think we can count on the ear test to really carry this, uh, this podcast <laughs> much further. We've we've shown that, so let's get those numbers up there, guys. <laughs> that is the key. All right. Well, I am gonna enjoy the NCAA tournament. I know the Huskers aren't there. Uh, and I do think they have a good shot to beat Mississippi State. I think the team will be motivated, and even though there'll be fans in the, the stands this time around, a little different than the exhibition, uh, let's hope they get a win down there in Starkville. All right, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Redcast.